0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message Guess what the series is about this week? You remember the series? Turn to somebody and tell them you're a triple threat. You're a triple threat. All right. Listen, guys. It's, it's We're family. We do what we do, but we do it all for the glory of God, and we do it because he loves us, and we do it because he's so good to us. Now, now listen to this. Listen to this. A triple threat. Um, we, we talked about this in basketball. In basketball, it's March Madness. We're talking about this, and, and we're trying to teach the church on how to win with your money. How to win with your money. So in basketball, a person that has the ball becomes a triple threat when they have options. Not everybody has options when they're they're surrounded by opponents. But when a man gets the ball, or a woman, they get in there and they have one of three choices. Remember what they are? They can shoot the ball from where they're at, They can pass the ball to somebody else or they can drive the ball Last week we talked about passing the ball How you have to believe in the person Or believe and have faith in god when you give him your finance And your finance is connected to your faith and your faith to your finance So in your hands every single day is the blessings of god it's tied to the faith of God. So let's identify this as the faith of God, the faith that you have. And you have to pass that faith and what you have faith in. And you're passing to someone. You're investing. You're believing in them. You know that they can do what you can't do in that one given moment. Today we're going to talk about driving it. There's a term in basketball that's used... It's called Driving to the Basket. Driving to the Basket. The subject, the the subtitle for today's message is Driving to the Blesser. We're going to be driving and teaching you how to drive to the blesser. If you turn with me, stand to your feet for a moment. Let's go to the book of Job. Come on, let's honor God's Word. He's worthy of it. He's so worthy of it. Turn with me really quickly to Job. Job chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10. If you don't have it in your Bible, we've got it up here. If you want to follow us in your Bible, I'm reading out of the New King James. If you're ready to go, say, I'm ready. Here we go. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come? From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still he holds fast to his integrity. Although, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Have you ever heard the term, you got to have some skin in the game? Skin for skin. Let's take it to another level. And he said this, yes. Yes. All that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will surely curse you to your face. That's a challenge. And the Lord believed so much in Job. He he knew he was a team player. He knew it. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. But spare his life. So Satan went out and from the presence of the Lord and he struck Job and painful boils from his soles of his feet to the crown of his head and he took for himself a pot shirt and with, with which to scar- scrape himself while he had sat in the midst of the ashes and that his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? She said, curse God and, and, and die. And he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? That's what his response was to her foolishness. And then the scripture says, And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Did not sin with his lips through adversity you have to have drive in your life and adversity is what builds your faith and if one area in your life is is so susceptible for the enemy to hit you very easily for you to be crippled and stop stopped in your tracks it is your faith in God for provision and it is faith with your finance we want to teach you how to be a triple threat and win with your money win with your money we don't love money we love God God doesn't need our money but we need his blessings and God has a system But learn the system, get the mentality, because money has to do with the heart. It is a heart issue. But once your faith changes, and once you become a team player, and you get the concept, things will change, because according to your faith, so be it unto you. Are you ready? Are you ready this Sunday morning? Come on, stretch out your hands. Pray for me. Pray pray for the service. Come on, somebody. Somebody ask the Lord to bless today. Jesus I receive everything I ask you God anoint my lips anoint us God to speak let every ear that that hears God receive it today in simplicity we ask you Father make it plain make it simple we don't care about getting theologically deep God we want to get effective we want to be receptive we want to know everything God according to your word and how you would have it in Jesus name and somebody say amen turn around to somebody tell them you are a triple threat. And after you've done that, you can be seated. You can be seated. Now, I want to start off by explaining the concept of what it means to drive. What it means to drive someone, drive through someone. How many basketball fans do we have here in the house? How many Spurs fans do we have in the house? How many Houston fans do we have in the house? Or a house divided? Pray for all the Houston fans right now, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Let them see the light. I'm messing with you. Come here, Caleb. So I'm going to illustrate something for you and show you something, then we're going to talk about it. Okay? Now, the triple threat. If you're going to be a triple threat, you have to be effective in three areas. We talked about that. In other, in other uh, situations, there's a, such a thing as a triple threat when it comes to entertainment. If a person can sing, if they can dance, and they can play an instrument, they are called a triple threat. And, and when somebody can do more than one thing, then, you know, they're, they're valuable, So in that one moment when that one person has the ability to make different choices All eyes are on that man So this is what happens When he's facing his opponent and you will always have an opponent in your life In other words when it comes to your faith and your finance, you're always going to have You can be debt-free, but you still have taxes, right? You can have your children grown up and they got their own jobs and got their own marriages but then you got grandkids. There's always going to be a reason standing in front of you to make you feel like you shouldn't move forward. But how do you know which move to make and which way to go? So if I'm standing here and I'm looking at him The one thing I'm going to do is wait for his stance and his his response and how he's going to come to me. So I'm messing around with him. Then all of a sudden, I see him make a move. Watch this. His first move was he took his right foot, moved it this way. Now, according to Michael Jordan, you have a problem with this lesson, you call Michael Jordan because I got it from him. Take that step again. His first step was with his right foot. That tells me the first step I need to take is with my right foot if I'm going to drive past him. Now, we're not talking about passing. Stay there, son. Not talking about passing. We're talking about driving. It wouldn't make sense for me. It just wouldn't make sense for me to try to do this when he's already there. But it would make sense for me to come on this side and then have the ball or the blessing or my faith on the opposite end. So now if this guy's going to come for me, he's got when I'm already here, he's got to try to turn his whole body around. If I'm going to come over here while he's in that position, come in it again, then he's already going to be in there and, and he's going to have a chance to take it. I'm going to have to move the opposite direction, move to me the other direction. I'm taking this one opposite on the other side and i'm taking my faith and i'm putting it over here where he can't touch it by that time i'm past him so i have to see what move he makes first point number one what i want to share with you today is this know the direction of your opponent what is your opposition trying to do in the life of job the very first thing that his wife did His wife said, you're still being integrous, you hold on to your integrity, and she moved forward, but Job went the other direction and said, you speak like a foolish woman, and kept his faith on this side. Job, when you're driving the ball, most of the time, when you're driving or your faith and you're going towards God's destiny, you're always going to have opposition, Opposition doesn't intimidate me once I know the direction and what they're after. Jesus told Peter, and leave that subtitle, leave that number one up there for a little bit, guys. The, Jesus told Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for your faith that it fell not You want to know why sometimes people's faith fails? Number one is because they position themselves and they let the enemy come and rob them. Number two it's because they go into the game with no faith. What would happen if basketball players went out to the court with no air in the ball? See, faith, when it falls and goes down, it comes back up because what's on the inside. Your faith will constantly go with you in life. When it's down, it'll always come back up based on the presence and the, and the spirit of God. You can't keep God down when you go down with it and it comes back up. Now, here's the key to this. It's in motion. It's in motion. So, if I know my opponent, Job had four of them. Actually, he had five. Satan was one. His wife was another, and he had three really good friends. Five-on-one, that ain't fair. But that's what it looks like when they're driving him into court, right? That's what it looks like exactly. Now, every once in a while, you'll find somebody who can steal the ball and run with it, and when they got enough time, they'll do that spinning in the air, backs, you know, dunk, whatever verse, dunking, and... But they have to learn how to walk and run with this thing. My youngest boy, Joshua, he just got into basketball. So we were watching Josh. So Daddy takes Josh out. He's been taking, actually, Caleb's been taking Josh with all the, all the younger guys around here, all of you younger guys, let Joshua play with you guys out there when you go to the park. And he's picked up a little bit. So we thought, you know, let's check him out, see how good he is, and, and one thing I noticed about it, we noticed about Josh's game, is that he's quick, fast, that boy's fast, and, and he can steal that ball, he'll steal it, I mean, he does it like three times a game, five times, so, I mean, he just does it, the guy will be there, he'll come in, like Speedy Gonzalez take the ball and run back to the basket and we're all excited Look at him go Josh we yell at his name and when he gets up there he just he misses every time (laughs) dude Josh (laughs) remember what I well we talked you so I said Josh we're gonna have to work on that dude you can steal the ball man but you have got to work on those layups Don't be a hero, bud. You you can hit the back of that board. You can hit the backboard. So I took Josh out, and we started going to the park. And he'll go up there, and I'll show him how to do a layup. I'm not the best, right? It's like a basketball, playing with the basketball. But I'm just going up there, trying to do it. And and Josh is doing it, so he's getting better at it. But I I was told by another NBA player from YouTube. (laughs) He told me that it's important that when you are playing to not look at the ball, but learn how to do it through subconscious and learn to keep your eye on where you're going And by your peripheral, understand your opponent and who they are and what direction they're going so you can get them off. So if you think you can make them think you're going that way, but you're really going the other way. But the main thing is you have to focus on where you're going and what your goal is. So what I'm saying to you is you have to learn to walk and dribble by faith and not by sight. And you learn by faith. And you don't look at everything else that's going on and not be so concerned about opposition. If I were to describe five oppositions in people's lives lives when it comes to finances, I would say debt is one. I'm going to say more month than money is another. I'm going to say stewardship. And when I mean more month than money, I really mean more expenses. Expenses. Some people have a Ford Fusion job and they're driving a Cadillac. Don't look around because I wasn't calling anybody out. <laughs> it just came to me. Blah, blah, blah. I just say what comes to my mind sometimes. So it's, it's just management. The other one is selfishness and greed, fear. Fear can't afford to do it. You can't afford not to do it. The other one is it's not trusting God. It's misunderstanding because you're not putting your faith into man's hands. You're putting it into God's blessings. You're putting it in another place in your life. Know what the opposition is doing to you and are you complying to the opposition in every emotion? There, There is. There is scripture that talks about this in 2 Timothy 2, 23 and 26. Listen to what it says. It, Timothy writes, Timothy is written to, and, and, and this is what happens. He says, have nothing to do with foolish and ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. That's what marriage is has, that's what marriages have when there's problem with finances. Many, many, many times in the marriage when there is quarrel, when there is problems, it's because of finances. Men get frustrated because they're not, they feel like they're not providing enough so they can, their family can do more or have more. But but men, can I encourage you and tell you that God is your provider and faith in him. He'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And if you'll just pray and put God first, he'll he'll give you blessings. It may not be finances sometimes. Sometimes it's a free paid for vacation. Sometimes it's just a blessing where somebody blesses you with Spurs tickets. It's just something that God does and he'll bless you and make a way for you. And just knowing that he's a provisionary, I've now shifted my mentality. I used to be a prosperity preacher. Now I'm a provisionary preacher. I'm solely dependent on the provision of God. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I believe in provisionary, the concept of how God gives. But right here, Timothy is told, don't give in to to controversies and quarrels. And, And the Lord Servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents, correcting his opponents with gentleness, correcting them. That means that when they say something, you are contrary to it, but you do it in kindness. When they make a move, like... uh I've heard in my family before, it's sometimes a good thing to share things with your family and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just best just to keep your mouth shut, especially when you're a brand new Christian. Has this ever happened to you when you were brand new in Christ? When your family knew you were struggling, you decided, you and your wife decided, or you decided, I'm going to start paying my tribute to God and I'm going to give him the first fruits and I'm going to give an offering, and they know that you did. Then they see you struggle. Then they see they have to help you out every once in a while, and they'll come up to you and tell you, why are you given to that man? Oh. Or why are you given to that church? And then you as a Christian, says, you say this, God said not to rob from me, to take care of his house. And you put your faith on the side of offense, not defense, but see, God's word is offense, offensive. Especially it will bring an offense to somebody who doesn't believe it. But you reply back with, "My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory." He said to bring everything to his storehouse, and there will be enough room for his house, and he would also rebuke everything. I'm planting seed right now. God gives seed to the sower. You can come up with scripture after scripture after scripture. Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Those are heart conditions. Those are faith issues. But when you take that first step in the opposite direction, you have to put your faith in motion, too, on this side where the enemy can't touch it. You protect your faith. You protect it and keep it strong. You keep it filled and you keep it in motion because it has a destiny. Every single sport I've ever seen is all encompassed around the ball. Soccer, around the ball. Football, around the ball. Basketball, around the ball. Baseball, around the ball. Everything is around the ball. This ball has to make it through the basket. The football has to cross a certain line. Soccer has to make it through a goal. And that little small wound up yarn ball circled and around and covered with leather, that little white ball called a baseball has to be hit and make it over the fence. Home runs. But in life, everything encompasses your faith. And wherever your faith is, that's where your heart will be. So I place my treasure in the hands of God. It's where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. So I make him the steward and responsible for everything. See, my faith, everything I do with our business, with the church, with our family, everything encompasses around our faith in Christ. And we move forward in our faith. And when someone comes around and says, you're going through all this trouble, you don't have any money, you still have faith in God, curse God and die. My response is the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I don't understand how it can working out right. That don't make sense to me. God loves a cheerful giver. First of all, your attitude's wrong. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's between me and God. It's a heart issue. Paul said, don't give in to that. He said, correct the opponents with gentleness, and God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. In other words, you've got to be patient with this. When everyone doesn't understand it, you have to be patient. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. You know, it, I don't know. When you're on God's team, you're being coached by the Holy Ghost. When you're on God's team, you're being coached by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost has a plan. The Spirit of God has a plan. And so does the devil. And most of the time when opposition comes your way, most of the time it's people that really don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're doing. They're just saying it out of feelings or saying it out of just hurt or, or past experiences. And they're being governed by, by a base by spirit. Just like if you're being governed by God's spirit, what makes you think that someone else isn't governed by another spirit also? Or by their human spirit? Or by their feelings and emotions? Know your opposition. Know the move. Understand what's next, but be prepared to take that step. Contrary to where they're heading to in your life, protect your family, protect your finance, protect your relationship with God. Keep your faith on the right side. Don't give in to foolishness. You can even quote Bible all day long. Sometimes silence is golden. Let God fight your battles and prove it for you. Be with guy who does not doesn't do all the talking on the court, be a guy who does all the playing on the court, scores the points on the court, passes to the right person on the court, and takes the right shots on the court, because you can speak by your actions. You don't have to tell anybody you're a good player. A good player is known by the team. A good player knows making all the right moves it's proven by how many times you have come out ahead. How many times have you done something when the Spirit of God told you to do it, and it was the right thing, and you came out ahead, and God, God got the glory for it. Come on. How many times has God given you given you the right play at the right time, and everyone thought you were crazy? Everyone thinks you're nuts. Everyone thinks you're crazy because you do it. Listen, God's people walk by faith and not by sight. God's people have their eye on the author and the finisher of their faith. They know what they're doing. They're not they there wasting time. They're doing what God asked them to do. And God's people live and have a good offense and are always driving it forward. And you're going to be crowded. You're going to be crowded by people that are talking around you. Yourself, your own flesh. Spiritual perception is the key to right to making the right moves. If we are ignorant of the devil's devices or what, or, or, or how things work out, and how people do, uh, and personalities, and what their intents are, and have no discernment, then your blessing, your faith, can be stolen from you, taken from you. But we choose to do the opposite in action. And that's what made Job stand out in the eyes of God. And God knew that when his friends came around, he would stand for what's right. How many points do you get for driving the ball if you make it in the basket? Two. Point number two is this. There's a double portion in adversity. After Job went through what he went through, God gave him double what he had. That's the two-pointer. Next Sunday, we're talking about the three-pointer. Taking the shot from where you're at. Here's what I know. When Job went through what he went through, Okay, we need a little stool up here with a buck basket. Listen to this. It was it was God's will and plan for Job to double. To double. Have you ever noticed in the scripture where the Lord talked about um, the double portion? You know, in the Old Testament, it was, it was written where if a man stole your, your mule and he was caught, he would replace and have to do, give you a double portion of what he had. There's so many places in the scripture where God blesses double and gives double. Here's what happens. Driving the ball through, basketball will give you two, but driving your faith to the blesser will give you a double portion in your life. And here's the key. You can't keep your eyes on everybody else when you're doing what you're doing. When you come up here and you give to God, you are giving to God. You're not looking at everyone else. You know, it's not for anyone else to see. When you are participating and worshiping God with your finances, it's not based on what everyone else is giving giving it's not a competition in the eyes of god there was a widow in the and listen to this in Jesus' time he walked into church and he saw everyone giving of their offering but he saw a little widow who gave two mites and in his eyes she gave more than what they all gave it wasn't as much but to her it was a lot god sees your sacrifice god sees where you're at but you will be blessed according to the faith that you do it in. It's not about the amount. It is about the heart condition, and it is about the, listen, the obedience, the obedience to what God said. Don't get me wrong. When I say it's not about the amount, I'm not talking about tithing in tents or offerings I am speaking about in the eyes of God, he is looking just for obedience. He's looking for that, 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 that moment where you can come to him and you're driving it to him and you're focused on him. And listen, do you know what happens when you get double-minded? You start double-dribbling. What happens when you double-dribble in a game? You gotta give up the ball, don't you? That's what double-mindedness does. When you're double-minded, you can't figure out what direction you want to go. Or you get stuck in a moment where you are completely confused. You make a mistake. You're in a pinch. And you lose your rhythm. You lose your rhythm. Don't allow debt... People, yourself, stop you from driving to the blessings of God in your life. That driving your blessings, driving your faith, stay consistent with God. Get your game face on. And the measure in which you give it is the measure in which you'll receive it back. Driving the ball gives us two, but driving your faith gives us a double portion. I want to watch, listen to this, 2 Kings 2, 9 and 10. 2 Kings 2, 9 and 10 says, Elisha wanted more. So it was said that when he had crossed over, so and so it was said when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, ask me, what do I do? Then what can I do, may I do for you, before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. I want double what you've got. Give me twice of what you've got. And so he said, you may have, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. In other words, as long as you keep your eyes on me, then you'll end up getting double. I don't know why they made it where you score two points if you do a, a drive or take it to the basket or shoot it within the, the lines. I don't know why, who chose the, the numbers and the scoring systems in every sport doesn't matter to me, but all I do know is that if you keep your eyes and focused on where you're heading, you'll end up there, and you won't get distracted. This is, what, this is what Elijah told Elisha. He said, if you'll focus on me, don't take your eyes off of me, then when I do go, you'll receive a double portion, and if you'll take my mantle and you'll grab it, then you will receive it. Now, Jesus said the same thing. He said that he was the author and the finisher of our faith through the Bible. And as long as they kept their eyes on him, even inside the, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we understand that concept, right? We stay focused on him. That's what it is in the game. I've got the ball, but I'm subconsciously knowing that it's there, but I'm not looking at the ball because I'm being distracted. Faith allows me to stay focused and go towards my goal. But this is what Jesus even said. Uh, or actually, in the Old Testament, this is what God told Israel. He said, listen, when, when the people of Israel sinned, they were dying. So he told them, make a rod and put a serpent on it. He said, when the people look at it, as long as they'll keep their eyes on it, they won't die. They won't die. They'll stay alive. That represented the sin That represented what Christ did. It's the same thing of the cross. It's the same thing when we keep our eyes on the cross. We live. We make it through. We're focused. Our faith stays strong. God gives us outlets. He gives us plans. He gives us the ability to stay focused on him, not distracted by anybody else. People who live a blessed life are focused. People who live a blessed life are laser focused. They don't listen to the person in front of them. They don't even listen to their own flesh. They don't listen to all the fear. They don't listen and look, look, you can't not have, you can't have your bills and your debts dictate to you whether or not you're going to worship God. That's being distracted. But when that starts speaking to you, you need to take the opposite step and say it again. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Listen again. Every step it's, it, it, in the spirit, it's speaking words. When you speak a word and you take action, you are literally moving forward and driving faith To where it was meant to be. Your faith should be tied to your money. Your faith should be tied to your money, and you understand that you are giving it to God, not to a church and not to a man. You're giving it to Jesus. And if that will get straightened out in your heart, you won't have a problem with finance, and finance will become worship to you, and not worshiping finance, but finance will become giving, will become an act of worship. And every time you come to God's house, we always put our prayer on, we put our praise on, we put our worship on, let's put our giving on, and let's let God be God in our finance. And listen, start off where you're at. Do a kid's menu. I'm telling you, do it something if you're taking your kids through there. How many, I mean, I'm, some of you got big families. I know for our family to go get a drive through it's like 50 bucks. kids eat a lot 30 something minimum sometimes we do it it's so convenient though right so convenient but how many times do we drive through God's house and never give him a thing thank you citizen the least we can do. You're a triple threat. Drive it, fight for it. Your family depends on your faith. God calls you a team player. You're a team player. Every man in this building, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to shoot it straight to you men. Get ready. Women, if you don't want your husband to get hit, you better cover him right now because I'm fixing to talk to every man. Are you ready? I, don't, I ain't scared of you. If you're not giving to God, you're hurting your family. Man up. Man up. Man up start being responsible with your prayer life with your bible reading life and your giving life let god come into your family even if you're i'm going to say this now women don't get mad at me but i have to tell you because there are so many problems we've got in this there's no agreement let that man lead and if Sir, if you're the one that's causing a problem, listen to your wife. She's the fletching that guides the arrowhead to make sure you hit the mark. There has to be an agreement, but until there is, God will prove your faith right by breaking that thing in your life. When when hell tries to hit your finances, you know what I like to do? I give more. I'm going to break you. I'm going to give more. You're not going to have, you you can't go on vacation. It's all right. I'm still going to give. My faith's on this side. You can't touch my faith. It's my faith. I'm on this side with my faith. Double dribbling. I don't know what to do. Make a decision. Make a decision. Choose. When you're in the game, you do not have time to hesitate. When you're in the game, you have to move by faith and instinct, and you have to realize that's how faith is. Peter asked the Lord, if it's you, beg me to come. Peter stepped out. He wasn't afraid of sinking. It didn't matter. He knew God could help him up. But church family, if you want to break poverty, if you want to break poverty in your life Want to start seeing the blessings of God. Do three things. Pray. Study your word and use it. And give. And let me add one more. Fast. Jesus said when you pray, give and fast. Do it in secret. God will reward you openly. We can do a whole lot more, folks. We can do so much more. We can do so much more if we did it as a family. Would you give $5 a week? I mean, you go to drive-thrus, right? What's your favorite drive-thru? Chick-fil-A. How much it cost you? 7 dollars $7.45. What's your favorite place to eat? Drive-thru. Number one, what does it cost? 10 bucks. Wow, 10 bucks. Grandy's, how much does that grandy's cost? $8? Yeah, 14? 714. I thought you said 14. I said, what are well, you ordering, girl? <laughs> 714. Yeah. You know, today you're driving through God's house. How many of you were fed today? How many of you, how many of you, got, you got drink from God's fountain today? And along, along with all the other am, eminent, amenities and the blessings, the least we can do is give God a, a drive-through offering once a week trying to help you with your finance, because I've learned the secret a long time ago. I've never been without. It's amazing. When we, I've had a desire in my heart for something sometimes, and God would just bring it to me. I would be at home, and I thought, man, I just wish I had some deer sausage. I'd get a phone call. Hey, we're going to bring over some deer sausage. To I mean, no kidding. It, it works like that. You see, I'm in God's economy, and I speak it. And every time I feel opposition, I speak the opposite. And it's not an easy thing to do, guys. If you're not praying through, if you're not praying through, it is a hard thing to do. But if you're in prayer, and you're reading the Bible on a consistent basis, and you're met, it is easier to do. But you have to make the decision and start changing your heart. Stop falling short of God's blessings. This is about you as a church Growing to another whole level. To another whole level in your finance. The most giving people in the world are the most successful people. I have met them. I know them. Some of you are in this church. I know a man in this church that pays. I'm just telling you that there's people that give and they're successful in their businesses because they give. And they not only give here. I have been out with people, and I've seen them give waitresses $100 tips, and I love it. I've done it a few times myself when someone's blessed me. I love to, I have a heart for waitresses and waiters. I used to wait tables when I was growing up, and that's how I provided for my, for my family. When I first started, first got married, I was a waiter. I have a high respect for waiters and waitresses, and when I'm able to, I bless I tip well even if I feel like I don't have it I bless them well because even God sees that they their servants and then especially if they're good boy if you ever wait on me and you keep my drink up full all the time you get a good tip but I'm going to bless you anyways I'm telling you from firsthand, I've sat and talked with millionaires. I have, and every one of them have the same attribute. They give. They all have the same attribute. They give. J.C. Penney, before he passed away, gave 90% tithes and lived off of 10%. Rick Warren, I don't think he even takes a salary from his church anymore. How many of you have ever read Rick Warren's material? How many of you have ever read A Purpose Driven Life? That's his book. He doesn't take a salary from the church anymore. And the years he did take a salary since God blessed him, he paid everything back to the church. And I think he only lives off of 10%. Every successful person I have ever met in my life it's always been people who gave but they knew what they were giving if a man fails or a church fails God does not hold you accountable to that your faith is what matters you gave it to God and in your heart God honors that so don't look at a man and don't look at a church you look at the kingdom and you look at the king of the kingdom and you're now you're going to become a triple threat to the enemy because your heart is fixed Put that in your budget. God first. God first. And then when you start doing it, it's like it's not even, you didn't even recognize it was missing. It's just part of the routine. It's just there. And you're used to it. Now you're doing it out of worship. And that's where things begin to change. That's the game changer. When you start operating off of faith and things start happening to you. And after you've sown it, they that sow sparingly will reap sparingly. But those that sow bountifully will reap bountifully. When you cut off your giving, you cut off your blessings. When you cut off your faith and someone steals your faith, listen, get your faith back. Get your faith back. And protect your faith. Keep it away from every opposition. Opposition correct opposition don't give in to foolishness don't give in to fear don't give it to anything else some of you would rather me speak i feel this right now some of you would rather me speak on speaking in tongues and the gifts of the spirit but the biggest hang-up we have is a heart condition because of money And it's stopping the gifts of the Spirit and the love of God from flowing completely because it's a stronghold. But once you break that stronghold, you can have revival and lose your heart. I'm telling you, everyone is afraid to talk about money. Pastors are afraid to talk about money. People that I know of that aren't afraid to talk about it, their churches are blessed because they taught their children, they taught their, their congregation Right. But I'm I'm telling you the truth. God wants to take us to another whole level, but he wants to take you to another whole level. We are, by faith, we are fixing to move out of this location one day, and I'm going to tell you it's going to be an awesome thing, but God wants to prepare you because get ready. When God starts supplying the needs, guess who he's going to use? The people who have already got connected to the cause. I'm telling you. Come on, stand to your feet. still love me let's lift our hands up and let's just pray and ask the Lord give us a benevolent spirit I want our prayer partners to come up for a moment we're gonna pray for our prayer partners and I want you to pray God give you a spirit of benevolence and listen if you're here today and you want to give a drive through offering you want to come up and just give God that three dollars that five dollars don't don't leave church always come to church giving something Always come to church with giving something to God. Always come, because if you come to God with your prayer on, with your praise on, with your worship on, but don't come in with your giving on, you're not completely worshiping God. There's reservation there. God wants all of your heart. He wants all of your heart. If that's you, sow a seed. Give it to God. But this is what we're going to pray. If you want that spirit of benevolence in your life, and you want that faith in your life, and you want the ability to be skillful on the court of life, I want you to lift up your voice and say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a game player. I want to be a game changer. I want to be God in the forefront. I want to know exactly, God, what I have to do to get it right. I'm completely, God, dependent on you. I want you to know, dear Lord, that my faith is in you. In the name of Jesus, this is what we're going to do. I want you to grab somebody's hand, your partner, your wife, your spouse. And we're going to pray for financial we're going to pray for faith in your in the finances you have right now. No more struggle because your faith is going to shift. No more struggle. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at infoclcvictoria.org. At you can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.